Welcome to Living Martial Arts with Master Ray Gale, aka The Dark Master. Living Martial Arts discuss and examines the everyday exercise, philosophy, and lifestyle of the martial arts enthusiast. The host talks about his own training, past and present, and he also interviews many martial artists to discover how they continue to live their own martial arts journey. Tune in for top tips on how to get the best out of your martial art. Or perhaps you're thinking of starting a martial art. This podcast offers you an easy way to dip your toe in. Sign up for the newsletter at livingmartialarts.com and get regular updates and training tips direct to your inbox. Follow the Dark Master on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at Living Martial Arts. Hi, uh, hello to all the uh, Living Martial Arts uh, podcast uh, people who are listening to this. Um, this is me, the Dark Master. I've got a fantastic uh, guest for you today. Um, we've got Mr. Nick Evans. Now, uh, Mr. Evans is a, is a martial artist, but for me, he's a different type of martial artist because he, he's got a great balance between all the different aspects of martial arts, fitness, flexibility, strength, that type of thing. And, and uh, it, it's something that um, uh, I certainly envy in him. Um, he's got a, a unique approach, I believe, in um, in the way that he approaches his martial arts. So we're really, really happy to have you on the podcast, Mr. Evans. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Thank you, Mark. And thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure to be interviewed by you. Thank you. Excellent. Well, as I said, I, I think it's great. I think it's uh, it's nice to have um, a cross section of, of people on this this podcast. So hopefully, inspire some of the people who are listening. Um, and as I said, I think that you've got a, a great uh, approach to uh, your martial arts training. And hopefully, you can hear some of that later. But uh, diving straight into it. Um, I know a little bit about your your martial arts journey. Uh, I was there at the the start of it, but perhaps you can give us an overview of your martial arts journey, how it started, and uh, you know how how you've come to where you are now. Yeah, sure. So I started. I think I started kind of late. I, I was seventeen when I started taekwondo. I wasn't super sporty at school. Didn't really get on with football, hockey rugby or any kind of ball sports and not very good at that at all I used to climb trees around my bike with my friends that kind of thing I started working out when I was about 16 and then I uh, decided that I probably ought to do something with any kind of strength that I was kind of getting I seemed to get on okay with that a friend of mine was doing taekwondo like lots of people uh, they were opening a club in Wooten Bassett which was being opened by Master Ogborn I went along with some friends it was cool we liked it and I stayed at it, and that's kind of how it started. Uh, and, I, and I stuck it, and I found after a while that doing martial arts combined with sort of some strength training seemed to help me find my groove with sports. And uh, so I wasn't not very good at, like I said, football, ball sports, that kind of thing. But when it comes to strength training, um, figuring out what to do with my body from a martial arts point of view and breaking myself through fitness – and endurance and drive myself hard turns out that I was better at that than anything else I'd ever tried and it just fitted and that's how I started in kind of martial arts and I carried on doing that did it through university I trained I was lucky enough to train with Master Black for three years at university in Exeter and I came back I carried on training in um, Wooten Bassett I met some great friends obviously I came and trained with yourself and Master Oldborn I did those early early summer camps which were brutally destructive in the mid mid nineties, um, and those were that was probably the first time that I, 
that really made me think I don't want to ever feel that kind of pain again I need to be fit and I think it, it was one of those camps where I was Mr Lamon and I were utterly broken after a, a session and I just never wanted to feel that that kind of pain again in such a surprise way and I think that partly drove me to be to try to be super fit and sort of follow that kind of journey and I carried on then after uh, maybe seven, eight years ago, something like that. I brought the Wharton Bassett Club off of my instructor at the time, which is Mr. Skidmore. And that's brought me to where I am today as an instructor teaching. I've got about, I think I've got about 60 students across little pumas, juniors, yeah. adults. And now with students, that allows me to share all of my own personal training journey experience and the stuff I play with, with all of my students as well. And hopefully that gives them something to learn from too. Yeah, no, that, that, excellent. Well, there's a couple of questions I want to ask you about, really, on, on talking about your journey. You, you you come over, I don't know whether you feel this yourself, but you come over as quite a calm person. I don't always see myself as a calm person. I, I, I can be very <laughs> reactive, which is which is not great, unfortunately. My, my personality is, is that. Uh, but lots of people have always spoken about you and said that, you know, you, you come over as a very calm uh, person um, and... You you always think before you speak, which I don't always do. Um, but um, I don't know. Is is that something that you had anyway, or is that martial arts has developed that? Where did that come from? Um, I, I, I'm not sure. There, there is a reason why I, I certainly come across like that. I think um, I'm, I'm no different to anybody else. You know, I have um, moments of excitement, anxiety, and anger. You know, it, it, that that happens in life, doesn't it? But I think when when I'm dealing with other people and talking to other people the the pain and discomfort of undoing words you didn't want to say and the upset you cause other people is more difficult than thinking first to avoid that situation happening is probably yeah. the reason that I, I probably come across calm when I'm with other people and you know if you're nice to people chances are they'll be nice back and you, sure. you never know when you might need some help so if you offer people help then if you ever need it they might give it back as well yeah, no, that, that, that's a, a good philosophy. Hopefully anyone listening to that will, will take that on board, my, myself in, included. <laughs> I, I, I do uh, thank martial arts for sort of turning me into the person that I am today. Um, and my mum always used to say that I was, I was always quite angry as a, as a teenager. <laughs> uh, so I have calmed down quite a lot and, and my hyperactivity is... Uh, is under control a bit better. So, um, yeah, I can certainly certainly learn from that. Um, sort of moving on, I mean, there, there's sort of two things here um, in this next question, and it's really about how you sort of live your, your martial arts uh, now. Uh, I know that we, you mentioned about your teaching, but um, I'm quite interested in, in your unique approach. You know, you are someone to me that is never stopped learning. You're always looking at things. I, I consider myself... Similar to that, I, I, I tend to, um, there's a couple of things that I'm trying at the moment in my breathing, meditation. I've also found a, something called foundation training, um, which is really good, which talks about um, uh, better posture for better breathing uh, and things like that. And um, I've just subscribed to this, this site and I'm getting quite a lot out of it. But you seem to come across as that person. And again, you know, is that something that you had as a, as a youngster, you know, that sort of um motivation to learn more or is that something that you've developed i think um I, I guess it was probably there a little bit i suppose i mean again i wasn't academically brilliant at school i did i did, I did kind of okay 
Um, it wasn't, it wasn't until, uh, interestingly, you know, and I'm pretty sure martial arts probably played a part in this. It wasn't until I was, uh, I did do a degree, um, and I, I did get a degree. It did nearly break me. I did chemistry and that is hard. And it, and it oh, wow. probably, probably <laughs> not the, I did it, but I'm certainly no super research scientist. And then, then I moved into health and safety, which is my, my sort of professional career. And, and I kind of found my groove for studying and passion for kind of learning. And I think probably some of that came from figuring out how to work hard through having started Taekwondo, figuring out that, that I had a bit of a groove for beasting myself and, and drilling myself and, and found something that I really kind of enjoyed. And I think that allowed me to take that over into the, the other, the other things that I do and I do like learning. I do like figuring out new stuff. I yeah. do get bored quite easily, I think. And yes, from, from a training point of view, you know, I definitely have a, a sort of mm, training philosophy, training approach that it's completely the journey that's the best bit. Like the, because anytime you, and I do quite a lot of cycling as well. And then anytime you peak for an event or something like a grading or a, I don't know, a big cycle ride or a thing, a peak for a thing, there can only ever be a downside after that. Like, because uh, because a peak has to have a downside. It can't have anything yes. else. And it has to have an upside and it has to have a downside. And everything, everything in life has to have balance, everything. So, and the journey is the best bit. And, and you see lots of people, they, they peak for a thing, they're their first 10K or a grading, and then they fall off the wagon and they don't get back on their training. And, and so learning that the best bit about training is the journey means that I keep looking for things to make that journey longer. So, yes, and, and yeah. recognizing that there's a downside on the back of any kind of peak and learning how to manage that and learning how to uh, reinvent your training and find new stuff and never, it's not like, I don't really look for, I don't, comp I don't, I'm not, as you know, I don't have a competition history in Taekwondo. Like I've done some competitions and, and I have a history of being beaten a bit. And I've got a couple of medals in a cupboard, but nothing, nothing special. Not like a lot of my my kind of peers at my, my sort of grade. Um, but I, I do enjoy the that that journey side of uh, that sort of journey side of training and fi finding new ways to to get better for myself. And not specifically because I want to be better than anything in particular, just yeah. because I like to be efficient. So, like I've looked at breathing in different kind of ways because I want a better posture. And partly that was because of a sort of back operation some time ago, but in amongst that where pre, pre having the operation or before I had the operation, I was doing a, a, a Sistema seminar, like a Russian martial arts seminar, and they were doing some okay, breathing yeah. stuff. And I suddenly realized I knew nothing about breathing, doing exercise. And, and so it's both a wake up where you go, Oh, I thought I was good at stuff. And then you and you've been completely leveled to less than a white belt. But, but then, you know, you let that settle in a little bit and then you go, oh, actually, there's a ton of stuff I don't know about. Well, that gives me a, t a load more material to, to to learn about. And then you can add more layers and dimensions to the stuff you're already doing. So as soon as you take breathing practice and you add it to, I don't know, some press-ups or a pattern or sparring, it suddenly gives you a whole nother level of an area to play with. And that creates essentially an endless journey. And the, if the journey is the interesting bit, then that gives you a pathway of training forever. And given yeah, I enjoy yeah, training, no, no. then in theory, that gives me something that's going to keep me entertained and allow me to explore my, you know, the playful side of my kind of training, stay fit. And then along the way, I do loads of interesting stuff, hopefully. And then that's something hopefully other people find interesting if I share with them.
Yeah, I, I mean, I, that, that, that's a, a great explanation there. And, and some, something else, and I don't know whether, for me, as I've, as I've got older, um, I've, I've sort of realised a lot of things uh, regarding movement and training. You know, the other day I was out um, roller skating with my, my girls um, and I was relating stuff in Taekwondo to roller skating and roller skating to Taekwondo uh, and juggling. You know, I don't see, I, I like my juggling, I like to do juggling um, and I like to learn new things. But actually, I, I see that as part of my martial art as well. And whereas before I used to separate things, I, 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 I sort of look at it as one whole, really. You know, I think, well, first and foremost, I'm a martial artist, but actually, what, what benefit can I get um, from my martial arts by roller skating? I don't know whether that's the way you think about it, um, because I, I know you're, a, you're a, 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 you know, a keen cyclist, you, 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 you push weights, you do a lot of different things. Yeah, there's, I think thinking of it in a, in a more holistic, wholesome kind of way, it def- definitely does form part of, um, I think, my approach. Like, I was teaching last teaching some students last night and, and one of the junior grades has just moved up to our adult class was asking about circular block because they were in a kind of grouped patterns and some diff- different kind of grades and someone was doing kind of circular block and they were sort of asking about the the application of, of circular block and, and it's a very in the context of a pattern it's a very traditional move isn't it but it's also it has yes. a level of movement complexity to it and so so often I, yes. I find that the, the practice of patterns where someone is not you know, not, not everyone is, is looking for the competition, so they don't necessarily, the absolute detail of some of the things, perhaps the, you know, the angles and those kind of things is, is perhaps lost and not relevant to them. But actually, the, if you look at patterns in a different kind of way, there is a, a, a complexity of coordination that is developed through learning the more advanced kind of techniques. And learning to do a circuit block, for example, teaches you some coordinated moves. For example, it teaches you how to kind of rotate around the axis of your spine in the way that you wouldn't normally move to go to reverse half face. Sure. And that as a movement skill is useful to other stuff. So it can then be translated to other activities. And if that gives you awareness of centering the body and your kind of posture, that can allow you to move better when you do other things. But you obviously have to recognize that and be conscious of it to be able to do it subconsciously. So there's a huge complexity of interest that, it's like a, a lifetime, a, a lifetime of play and study, and that doesn't even scratch the surface of what is, pro, you know, of people that I would consider movement experts. You know, like, you know, I wouldn't even want to stand yes. in the same room of some of the people that, that are, you know, real good movement experts. But in my little world, you know, those are the kind of things that I like to try and uh, help my kind of students and adults. And if that gives them longevity of movement, if, well, if it stops the kids getting crumpled and broken into gaming shapes from playing too many games and teaches them to be a bit <laughs> yeah. more aware of how they move when they go into adult life that's going to be good and for my adults if that teaches them to have a, a lifetime of movement and never get uh, you know crunched up and crystallized up from not moving then it's for me it's time well spent and my training of my own when i'm exploring this stuff is is a good thing to be doing yeah no it's great it's great great answer and i think uh, i think you're bang on really you know it's uh we do, and I, I certainly do now look at it as a more uh, holistic um, activity, martial arts. I, I don't sort of separate it from a lot of other things. And uh, throughout, throughout my day, I'm doing uh, things that will help my martial arts uh, movements, uh, hopefully that will help it and trying to get my body move, to move in a good way anyway. But um, what, what do, I mean, you, 
I suppose all, all these all these questions are linked, really. I was going to ask you what you feel are the main benefits you've got from your martial arts, and I know there are there are many, and there are probably more still to come. But um, any that you I could highlight? The, probably the, the transferable things are definitely confidence. It's definitely, I know I wasn't a particularly conf. I wasn't a, a super shy child, but you know, I was certainly wasn't um, front of the crowd to do things. It's definitely given me confidence. In, in what I do, it's given me, I think it's given me self-belief as well. I think it's helped develop that self-belief. Um, you know, and, and again, as you're saying, it's not necessarily what you do in the dojang, is it? So things you do in the dojang, and, and they, they sow those seeds of thought, don't they? And after a while, they, they start yes. to be the everyday things you do, don't they? And I, and I think that, that kind of self-belief and confidence has definitely moved through. The ability to, I think it contributed to help me to, push myself for the things that I, you know, I needed to do. I definitely like the, the tenants that we've had from, from Taekwondo, not that they're super special, you know, being polite, being courteous, you know, they should be everybody's, you know, should be something that everybody does, but having them in the background has yeah. definitely influenced the way that I set up the philosophy, philosophy of my, my health and safety company. And, and within the kind of um, the core values yes. of the company, there's some, Taekwondo tenants weaved into our company core values, um, and, and then obviously all the fitness and flexibility stuff in the background. But I think it's those things that are, that are deep inside those deep rooted kind of beliefs of how, how you behave to help me to do that. And being around martial artists and you know being lucky to be um, you know led by yourself and Mastro and, and in Puma, being surrounded by people with those same values helps to remind you that that's good. And then you try to emulate. And then hopefully if you do the same, then other people see you doing it and think it's a good thing too. Yeah, definitely. And, and I also, you know, for, for, certainly for, for me, um, I, I think what, one, of, one of the things that I had when I started, I'm not, I was quite uh, disciplined in the sense that I would listen to people, uh, if you like, senior who knew more than my, me, <laughs> because uh, my mum instilled that into me at an early age. <laughs> so, um you know, I, I was very much like that. Uh, but what I will say is that I do, I do also learn a lot from my students, um, and I've learned a lot from you personally as well, just by watching you and the things you do, and uh, even the way you carry yourself, which which I think is um, is always always uh, you know uh, you've always been a good a great role model. Um, we've sort of uh, touched on it slightly when we're talking about um, talk about breath work, and obviously I, I know that you do some some breath work. Um, it's the question of meditation. I, I've 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 discovered meditation myself, and I'm still uh, battling with it. Um, it's not something that's natural to me. Um, I'm, I've explored different types of, of meditation. Um, I started off, you know, quite um, just doing a, a little bit and trying to build that up and do different types. And as, and as I said, you know, I've said in previous podcasts, there are different types. I think of, of of meditation, different things that you can do, walking meditation, you know, and things like that. So, you know, have you explored that? Do you do any, or are um, you looking to do it? Not, not, not specifically. Um, uh, uh, kind of, um, sort of pure meditation from a, a sort of still stillness point of view. Um, I've done a lot of. I have practiced a lot of breath work, um, which obviously has a natural, not for the purposes of calming myself, but it naturally has a calm. It has a naturally has sure. a calming cleansing um yeah. purpose for it but i have to, i've done quite a lot of breath work that the breath work that i've kind of been taught has been from sistema 
um, this Russian martial art, they, they do a lot of breath control to do with how you kind of manage intention in the body. So practicing that, um, I mean, I, I probably practice breath work every day, uh, aside from obviously breathing. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't count. But, uh, you know, actively yes. <laughs> thinking about changing the way I breathe for a particular kind of purpose. You know, so I, I practice it. I practice when I'm training and I, I sort of practice when I'm walking around. And some days I do more than others, but I don't have a particular time I, I, I sort of um, uh, dedicate to it. I just think about I just think about that sort of stuff while I'm sort of moving around. Um, from a meditative point of view, I, I was talking to a friend that I cycle with recently. We were on one of our cycling chats and he was looking at doing a bit of meditative um, work to do with managing sleep. And I was explaining my training in the morning, like I'm very routine disciplined about the training that I do in the morning. And I I think that might satisfy and and help to achieve some of the same end goals that meditation can can achieve. You know, it's uh, something I do first thing in the morning when no one's up. I've got got my own home gym. I go and train in my own home gym and, and I can get completely lost in my workout. And while I'm working out, I don't think about anything else. Like there's no work emails, there's no work people contacting me. And I can find that for that period of time, I can effectively achieve the equivalent of like a, an empty mind just by focusing on the, on the things that I'm doing. And I always finish my workouts, even if I've started feeling a, a bit, you know, mentally cluttered because of either work's bothering me or something else is troubling me. You know, the normal kind of stuff that, that you have in the day, I, I always feel better when I've finished. So whatever process occurs yes. when I'm training on my own and whatever I'm doing, it provides me that that kind of mental cleansing and clears me ready for the day. So at some point I would like to actually look at some more um, uh, kind of um, sort of peaceful meditation, but for the time being, I like to just keep doing stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I, I would definitely recommend um, uh, Buteco, which is what I, I, I do a combination now. I do a bit of Buteco, which is, um, uh, I'm not sure if he was Russian, but um, it, it's actually about trying to breathe less um, and uh, take uh, take lighter breaths. I, I also tape my mouth at night when I sleep, uh, so I just breathe through my nose to try and um, make the use of uh, make better use of nitric oxide and things like that. Anyway, uh, uh, you know, pe- people can sort of look at that. And at the moment, what I tend to do is very similar. Actually, I, I this morning I was actually up quite early. I was up, up at five thirty, so I, I was sat uh, meditating um, breath work by quarter to, quarter to six. And I actually strip off and I, I do red light therapy as well now while I'm doing it. So I sit in front of a of a red light and. Um, uh, maybe on the podcast at some point in the future, I'll talk about my morning routine um, and uh, <laughs> sort of enlighten people on that. It, it, I, I can imagine, um, you know, it, it, it can sound a bit bizarre, me sitting there, nothing on in front of a red light, breathing and meditating. But uh, it is great. And, I, and to be honest, when I do it, I do feel uh, much, much better and it sets me up for the day. So I can, I can sort of um, understand what you're saying there. Um, about what you do and it, it certainly does help me and it, it I, d- I don't think about anything else you know that's it uh, but when I finish bang I'm straight into it um, so it, it brings me on to my next thing which again I think I, I don't think any of these really um, are in isolation because I think they all work together and I think once you get into one thing it leads on to something else um, and I'm sort of talking about really now diet, uh, food, and I know you're you're conscious of your your diet and your food, and you obviously eat well, 
because <laughs> your body never lies, <laughs> you know. And and it, when you look at something, you say, yeah, that that person. Uh, that's not to say that they don't eat anything naughty, but you can tell people that eat well and work out. <laughs> You're certainly one of those. <laughs> so um, you know, ha- when did you get conscious uh, of that? Really, your, pretty early on, actually. When when I intake uh, in, when, when I was younger, and I, I started. Trying, I started lifting weights when I was 16. You know, I got some weights in my bedrooms, like a lot of boys do and girls do. You, you get some weights and you think, oh yeah, I want to be Arnie. <laughs> well, certainly, certainly my my age going back, <laughs> he, he was a, he was a relevant role model at the time <laughs> when I was younger. And you know, I yeah, started yeah. reading that. You know, you have to have more protein and those kind of things. And I started reading about the things I was eating, and, and I started trying to eat a little bit more healthily. So I've probably been consciously developing the skills to. Uh, instinctively what my body needs for I don't know 27 years or so like I don't, these days I don't really have to think about it anymore um I know what I eat I, I eat from an instinct point of view I know when I need more or less of something um, I don't have any particular restrictions as such for my diet but I do specifically eat to fuel my body for the things that it needs to do so that's not I don't just mean fuel to train I fuel it for you know healthy immune system for uh, you know, good joint health for, you know, um, good sleep, good calmness. Um, I, I basically, I have a lot of vegetables. I have a decent amount of fruit. I eat a high protein diet. Um, I don't eat a great deal of wheat, but I do eat some. I don't have a great deal of sugar, but I do, but I do eat some sugar. And I eat sort of four meals a day generally, or at least three main meals and one kind of decent snack. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't count calories, but I do basically know the calories in most food types because I've spent so long looking at it, I can pretty much estimate sort of calories. So and I know when my body needs more food from a training point of view, I can tell when my body feels uh, like digestively uncomfortable and I can dial my food up and down to kind of manage that sort of stuff. And I do allow myself to eat, you know, biscuits and cakes occasionally, just very infrequently. And I, and all the foods I eat are foods I really, really like eating. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it, it, it's. Um, I, I would definitely concur with all of that. One, one thing that um, I've realised, and I've, I've only <laughs> probably realised it in the last few years, is that uh, one size certainly doesn't fit all. And uh, and again, I've mentioned this in previous podcasts, is that uh, you know people forget to listen to their body. Uh, I think I think your body will tell you everything it, you need to know. If you listen hard enough and you uh, you you pay attention to it, because as soon as you you eat something, within a short space of time, your body will tell you whether it's good for you or not, <laughs> just by just by the reaction. And I, um, actually, it's, it's it's an interesting question. I don't know whether you you do this, but what I've started to do is I've actually started to do regular bloods. Uh, there's um, uh, a couple of apps that I've got, and a couple of companies that I uh, send blood samples off to. And they come back and say, "Oh, you know, your, your vitamin D is okay, and but this is these working on, and this needs working on." Um, and uh, it's not the cheapest thing, but it tells me that uh, whether what I'm eating um, is actually, you know, fulfilling the purpose I want it to fill. You know, um, you know, is my vitamin D optimum level, or do I need to change something? Um, so I, I don't know whether you do anything not, like that. Not, whether you do not really know. Although I mean, I have the capabilities uh, you know, at work yeah. here. We, mm. we use labs for the stuff we do as mm. in, in my professional professional career, and I, I have thought about it in the past. Um, I have enough. I have enough trouble remembering sure. to take vitamin tablets. Mm. <laughs> I like the, the only supplements that 
I've always <laughs> take, I've always had protein powder to because it's just difficult to eat enough protein. I've tried I've yes. tried eating uh, only vegan proteins. I've tried you know as in like beans and things like that and nuts and stuff. And it's just too much quantity. It's just too difficult. And it's actually sure. I know it's too difficult to just eat meat as well. Yes. So I like to spread I spread my protein across. Um, yeah. Uh, kind of some vegan protein powder. I spread it across. I have milk protein powder. I have meat. I have fish, eggs, dairy, nuts. Like I yeah. have, uh, I have a, basically I eat the full spectrum of kind of proteins because I found that a little bit of all of them has the least least amount of effect yeah. from a um, like a you know, having any, <laughs> too much of anything. And also it creates like a a, ni- a nice amount of variety. I do try to remember to take vitamin tablets. Um, I just sure. go up and down and I, and I do and I'm quite and I've gotten better as I've gotten older at listening to my body and I'm quite good at recognizing when I've spread myself too thin whether that's from a training point of view whether that's from a work point of view or a sleep point of view and and I, and I listen carefully on a like a daily basis and and I do try to dial that as best I can to um keep that kind of um in a yeah, in sure. a kind of balance. I would like to. I, it'd be quite. I would quite like to do blood blood uh, things a bit more often, but mostly just to see whether I'm an efficient cyclist or not. Yeah. And, and that's just vanity. <laughs> for for me, from that point of view. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll come back to the cycling in just a moment. Well, well, it it, it is it is interesting because, like I said, I've, I've changed I've changed my diet and I, I do my bloods and it comes back. I think, wow, you know, that it's doing really well. And people would see my diet is quite extreme now. I, I don't see it like that i mean it's it's very very high fat uh, i eat a lot of animal products now more more so than um uh, plant uh, products which seems to agree with me uh, certainly my skin has made a, a massive change to what it was um i also try and eat grass-fed um animal products and try and get those but um i don't eat a lot of vegetables but i do i do eat uh, fruit um but mainly berries uh uh if i get blackberries uh pick them if i can pick them organically uh find a nice place which i have around here um and i I picked absolutely so much last year that i've still actually got some in my freezer uh which is which is excellent so i I try and get um organic berries and uh anything like that so very low sugar fruit really um and um the, the thing i supplement most with is vitamin d I think anybody with really dark skin, particularly living in the Northern Hemisphere, uh, there's no way, particularly in the winter months, you can ever get enough sunlight. Um, so I try and eat, uh, you know, with that in mind, with vitamin D in mind. So yeah, uh, there we go. Just, just coming on to the onto the, the cycling because I I don't know um, if even some of the the, the Puma people listening to this will know that you are a keen cyclist and. Um, I remember when I was training for Land's Enter John O'Groats, uh, I went out for my first 50 miler with you and you nearly killed me. Yeah, we did. We, we planned. <laughs> I, I, we, Ross and I came over, didn't we? Was and we thought we planned a good route and it just happened to be really hilly, didn't it? <laughs> it was very hilly. <laughs> It was, it was, it was. Well, it, well, it, it was a rude <laughs> awakening for me because I was thinking, "Wow, that was fifty miles, and I'm going to cycle eight hundred and fifty miles. I need to, I need to be better." Um, but it, it was actually, um, it was a great lesson for me as well, really, because if anybody would told me I would have felt like that after a fifty mile cycling, I would say, "Well, I'm pretty fit, you know." Uh, but it, 
completely ruined my muscles and my um, cardiovascular system in a different way. And uh, you were talking earlier about being broken. I was certainly broken after that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it did spur me on. I'm, I'm, I'm not a quitter. So I thought, well, okay, come on, you know, let, let, let's sort it out. But um, wh- why, uh, where did that come from? Why, why did you uh, sort of take up cycling? I know you still do it. And, and um, you know, yeah, you, uh, you're, well, you're, I, I you are a very good cyclist. I mean, I I've seen you. When I was a kid with my friends, you know, we just, used to cycle around and make jumps and on BMXs and, and play around. I got into mountain biking when I was I don't know, 16, 17, and I used to go mountain biking with my friends. It's mo- I, I guess it's probably a social thing more than anything else. I just do a lot of it with, with my friends. I did a lot of mountain biking, and then I transitioned to road cycling probably uh, maybe 14, 15 years ago. Again, my friends and I, we started having families, which means going out cycling all day long is not very family compatible. Going out on road cycling in Wiltshire, you can get in 50 miles or three hours of cycling quite easily from our doorstep. And so these days, I, so I try to cycle maybe three times a week. I do a couple of, if we can get out on the road, we get on the road. Otherwise, I, I do a couple of indoor sessions on a turbo train. I use those for interval training. Um, and I like cycling fast. I like cycling hard. I like the kind of fitness gain you get from it. But my weekend cycling, we try to go out most weekends for like a maybe a 50-mile ride if we can and a coffee it's a social thing socialize my friends and we just happen to if we can we ride hard if we're feeling a bit lame we ride softly and a little bit uh, a little bit less but i i just enjoy it's just a great way to see the countryside it's a great way to yeah. get fit it's a great way to socialize it's like a lot of things you know when you're when you're out cycling with your friends and your, your cardio is being tested it levels everything doesn't it and you can have really open honest conversations and you can just you know who doesn't want to spend two or three hours talking to their friends and getting fit at the same time it's just perfect yeah 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 well i i do spend two or three hours talking with my friends but these days it's usually on a motorbike although i do have i still have i still cycle not as much as i would like but uh, i've recently purchased a a stationary cycle to do some um high intensity interval training on that and that's quite good actually i quite enjoy that um it gives me that um that burn that (laughs) that i've missed but uh yeah well um Again, brings me to another avenue. You know, you mentioned about friends and, and so on. I mean, I, I see you as a, a particularly self-motivated individual. You know, nobody, in, in my opinion, when I look at you, I think, well, you know, nobody's going to tell you, right, you need to get up and, and train. You'll know when you need to do it. Very much like myself. Uh, I've always had that discipline ever since I was a, a teenager playing lots of football um, you know, football practice and all that was never a chore to me. Um, have you have you ever found that uh, difficult? Do you feel that um, that you no, need a training I, I'm, partner? I'm, I would suggest you probably don't. But I, I don't need anyone you know, to help thoughts me on that? get up and train. If anything, I'm probably more motivated to train without classes because I can train when I want, how I want, and for as long as I want. Whereas if I go to a if it's a set time, then I'm I'm bound by that time. So if I'm ready to train half an hour earlier. Yes. I have to, I'm set waiting. <laughs> so hence the reason why morning training suits me because the minute I wake up, I can get the hardest thing done of the day and get it sorted. But that doesn't mean to say that although I've been training in the morning for, I say for 20 years now, that doesn't mean to say every single day I don't wake up and think, oh, I'm tired. Shall I, shall I not train? Shall I, shall, I not, shall I get up and train? And, you know, history tells me that if I get up and train, if I get up, get changed, get a cup of tea <laughs> and go out in the yeah. gym, the training will happen anyway. And I'll still, and I might be tired in the later on the day, but I've got my training session done. Um, but I, but I do the cycling. I'm better at cycling with my friends just because I do that from a social point of view. I, I enjoy doing taekwondo with friends. I find that one a kind of social one. Um, and sort of gym strength training, 
I like enjoy doing that with other people, but I also enjoy doing that on my own. Like I said, it's sort of, I think if I put enough thought and analysis into it, the sort of training I do on my own probably helps me uh, maintain that that calmness and, and um, uh, you know, sort of personal cleansing that, that comes in the same way that, you know, meditation and yoga and those kind of things help people to, you know, find their kind of inner peace and stuff. I think the training that I do on my own probably helps me in a different kind of way to achieve that same end and, and, and create that kind of, you know, that feeling of um, peace and calm sure. where there's nothing around you that is otherwise exerting any more force than anything else. And you just have balance. And I get that from, and I do get that from my training when I'm training on my own. Yeah. 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 And I can, um, excuse me, I can, I can uh, agree with that. There's some, there's something I find it uh, quite satisfying that the fact that I can get out, um, train on my own, and not not get someone to to, to have to kick me. Um, f- for me, I don't know whether it's it, it's it's a mental thing for me. The fact that yeah, you know, I, I can do this. Well, I can do this. And it, I, I don't know. I feel, probably, it, I feel stronger because of it. Because that's the way I think. I feel stronger because of that. Some, some yeah. people they, they want to have the same motivation as other people, and then some people have have that kind of motivation, don't they? So so I guess it is, and it it, it is. Well, I suppose it depends how you look at it, but it is a uh, uh, an inner strength. But you know that that inner yeah. strength, everything has balance, doesn't it? So. The motivation that drives you to get up and do all your own training and be super fit naturally comes with a level of selfishness, which if you look at the balance on the other side, there's some other people that don't like that so much. So it, yes. it has it has balance it has to have balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, I mean I'm I'm I feel uh, blessed the fact that uh, I, I don't need anybody doing that. It's uh I'm coming up to a, to a significant birthday in a few weeks' time, and um, I, I'm st- I've still got that buzz, and that motivation to get up. I was up early this morning and get out and do it, but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, talk, talking about talking about training um, uh, in the day. You know, uh, one of the things that I'd like to ask, uh, you know, if you had. Well, well. First of all, what 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 else do you do? Anything else other than martial arts? I mean, one of the things that I do, I, I love playing guitar, and one of my goals within the next ten years is to play in a band again um, and to uh, do some play some live music because I've really really missed that. I'd like to do that again. So I don't know if you have anything else, anything like that yeah. you'd like to do. Or, well, I guess you know, I guess most of my what you do when you're not hobbies. doing your martial arts or your cycling or like, your I mean, training. I'm spending time with my family and. and just hanging out with the family and watching films and, you know, going for walks with a dog and, and, and the family from a hobby sure. point of view, my it's mostly fitness related. So Taekwondo cycling, um, strength training and stuff around kind of training. Cause it, occup- I mean, it occupies a fair amount of time during the week. You know, by the time I've sort of trained in the morning, cycle at the weekends, taught Taekwondo, just not a lot of space for any other kind of, um, yeah. sort of, sort of hobbies. Music. I'm not particularly musical. So, um, I'd quite like, although strangely, I would quite like to learn, I'd like to learn to play the piano, whether I'm prepared to make the sacrifice to give up physical time now to play the piano at the moment is probably a no, but in the future, maybe I'd also in the future, I'd quite like to, um, as I, as I transition and get a little bit older, I think I'd, um, like to move into some more sedentary movement practices. Um, like quite like the idea of getting into Tai Chi, learning a bit more about Tai Chi, um, yeah, and maybe a bit more about um, a bit more sort of yoga. Quite enjoy doing yoga now with um, 
uh, with, with my wife and stuff sometimes. Um, but again, I like it, but like, I still like doing physical stuff for the time being. <laughs> so uh, there'll be a sort of balance. So I think there'll be a balance later on in life for that. And I'm, I'm busy working as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> De- definitely. I, I, well, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I must say I certainly enjoyed my, my brief um, encounter with Tai Chi. Uh, I have promised myself that I would get back to doing some. And uh, I, did, I did really enjoy it. As you say, the balance between doing a, a hard martial art and a soft martial art it's really it's really good and, and one one actually does complement the other i think i think you know the, the soft martial art of tai chi actually enhances taekwondo and vice versa so yeah the the, the, the two together are um, you know are, are great uh well we're, we're nearly we're nearly to the end we're almost believe it or not that's uh, <laughs> that's quite quite on time there um i don't know if there's you know if there's anything that uh, you want to add uh, or mention to the to the audience maybe some of the youngsters listening regarding their martial arts training and uh, training and, and being fit i mean we, we all know that being fit is a good a good thing we all know that leading a healthy lifestyle is, is is an important thing but it's figuring i think each person's got to figure out what it is that they use to motivate themselves and and almost and learning to recognize and i guess it's reading your own body and, and learning to recognize when you need to override your willpower, when your willpower says to you, but in the, it's easy in the evening to think, I'm going to get up tomorrow morning, I'm going for a 20-mile run. I've got this covered. I'm going to get up in the morning, I'm going to go for a run. But we know that when you wake up in the morning, your body does not go, let's go for that run. It says, why don't you stay in bed? Why don't you, why don't you just stay in bed? Let's do it tomorrow. <laughs> and, and if you're not careful, let's do it tomorrow. Basically, it becomes a year of not doing any exercise. The, the only difference, a bit like the only difference <laughs> yeah. between a white belt and a black belt, is you know a black belt is just a white belt that didn't give up. The only difference between a fit person and someone that's not fit, the fit person puts their training clothes on and go and does whatever it is they need to do. Yeah. And, it, and it's not it's not the intensity that you train at, it's the fact that you were there in the first place. You know the, the ability to yeah. The, the reason that you don't break when you're training is not because yeah you can train really hard. It's because you spent enough time doing all of those training sessions where you were feeling tired or you, were, you weren't really feeling the groove, but you were there anyway. And by doing that, that means that when you get to those training sessions, when you're feeling better, you can give it some, and you can give it your all, and you don't break. And I find that certainly as I've gotten older, um, and my, well, I say older, as, as, as my friends and I have got to when we've got kids and stuff, and so you, you naturally get more tired, and you get to the middle of your, sort of, uh, middle of your life into your kind of 40s, and you've got responsibilities and jobs and that kind of stuff. You know, the amount of times I turn up for a – to train either at class or in my own gym or you know the amount of times that i'm thinking i'm tired oh <laughs> oh i could i could i could i could i could definitely call it i could definitely call this one in for a coffee <laughs> but but actually <laughs> yeah. recognizing that it's that consistency is just what makes a difference yeah, yeah. between you know actually feeling good about what you've done and or maybe just not training so, so finding that groove and learning to override that willpower and learning how to pl- almost play your own willpower, yeah, yeah. play your own motivation so you can, you're talking about the, the chimp paradox, almost be the chimp on your own shoulder to tell you, yeah. tell yourself to override that because by the time you've overridden it and you're there, you might as well just train or you might as well just yes. do your exercise or you might as well just learn the thing you've got to do or study the thing you've got to study and just suck it up and just get it done. And that's the only yeah. difference between successful people and not successful people. They just... Just go and do it. 
Well, well, no, thanks for that, and I, I think uh, you were a great model. Um, that last, uh, that last bit, that last speech that you did was really you. And um, I, well, first of all, I'd just like to say thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Uh, it's been uh, fantastic. Um, I hope people that are listening take some of those insights, um, you know, and 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 use them. Listen to this a number of times, uh, and you won't go wrong. If you get a chance to uh, train or have a chat with uh, Mr. Nick Evans, then please do so. He's got some fantastic knowledge, and I will say that uh, if I ever there, there are certain people I look at. And I, I say well, I would love to be a little bit more like them. Uh, you are certainly one of the people that I would love to be a little bit more like. Um, it, it would certainly do me a lot of good uh, just to have a, a little bit of uh, Nick, Nick Evans in my head. Um, but thanks yeah, very thank much. I really appreciate it. I uh, wish you all the thank best. You. And, um, you know, uh, keep training and keep inspiring people. Oh, definitely. Yeah, anytime. Excellent. Let's hope we can, we can do it again sometime. Okay, thanks everyone. Uh, that's the end of, uh, of this one. So uh, please, please go to uh, livingmartialarts.com, sign up for the newsletter. Uh, you can catch me on social media at the same name as well. I'll see you soon uh, with our next guest. Thank you. Thank you.